Hello friends and welcome back to the Goofy Den Leader. This is the Goofy Den Leader, Jeremy. Um, just wanted to uh, say hello and hope that uh, everyone's been having a good summer so far. Uh, here we've been uh, living life at full speed and uh, so it's been a while since the last episode when I promised more episodes. Um, but things happen um, between summer camp and family and work and just uh, that's the life of scouting. Um, things just move along as they go. So, anyway, today's topic is the pack committee. Sounds very formal. To some people, unfortunately, sounds a little corporate. Um, but just what is the pack committee? Who's on it? What does it do? How does it work? Um, what position does the rest of the pack leadership have with the committee? You know, how do they interact? Um, Lots of very good questions, especially for those new to scouting and cup scouting in particular. Um, first of all, every pack, well, every scout unit has three key roles. Um, and they're actually called that, the key three for any unit. You have the unit committee chairperson who's in charge of the unit committee. You have the, uh, I guess best word for it is the head adult leader, uh, whether that's cup master for a pack, scout master for a troop, um, I'm blanking on the titles, but for venturing crews and sea scout ships, all of them have a head adult leader. And then the third member being the chartered organization representative. We'll get into that in a different episode about what is a chartered organization. But those three people are vital to any unit. And so we've talked a little bit about leader, the pack, you know, in my case, pack leadership. Um, we'll get another day into the chartered organization's role and the chartered organization representative. But today we're going to talk about the pack committee, um, the committee chair, the other members of the committee, and what their role is with the unit. So, first of all, committee chair is the leader in charge of basically the behind the curtains part of the unit so you know you've got a cub master who is in front of all the scouts and all the parents of the pack meeting uh, is seen at most of the events um you know can't make all of them sometimes whether it's family work commitments but at most of the pack events usually they're on den meeting night if your pack meets you know, if all the dens meet at the same time and place uh, cub master is also going to be there to be seen available for questions from the parents or scouts be able to interact with the scouts there build that rapport um, the, so really the person on stage in a lot of ways uh, when it comes to unit the committee chair person whether that's a uh, parent volunteer in your unit whether it's somebody who has more than one role in the unit currently our committee chair is also a den leader um, or whether that's a person, sometimes a committee chair could be someone whose kids have aged out of a unit, but they really want to help that unit and pass some of the knowledge down from when they were a leader in it. And so they stay on as the a member of the committee, and specifically as a committee chair. Um, they're going to really be in charge of the admin pieces of things. Um, within a PAC committee, there are certain roles that must be fulfilled, and there are others that are suggested. In the organization of course any unit has to deal with dues fees 
you know, paying for food, drink, campsites, etc. So you have to have a unit treasurer. Unit treasurer is going to be the keeper of the budget, the keeper of tracking the bank accounts versus the budget, make sure that all the you know, people have been paying their dues. Um, we've been paying out what we need to as a unit um, to our national and council level dues. Um, make sure that we paid you know, any bills that you may have if your unit has to pay for meeting space. Um, one great thing about a chartered organization that's a church like ours is, is they allow us to use a space for free. So we don't have to pay anything there. But some units do have to rent their space. And so you may be paying fees there. Um, any of the fees that you may have regarding, you know, paying for food and drink for events, campsites for pack campouts, paying your fees for, um, depending on how you handle fees for district and council level events, um, dealing with cash and cash check, digital money, uh, currency, forms of currency, um, any of that, depending on what your unit may have, uh, flowing through it for those events. Um, so treasure is very essential role. Another great uh, role that you really need to have uh, to be able to record what happens at the meetings and sometimes the conversations in between that take place by email um, between the and between the leaders is a secretary um, or scribe. Um, I I prefer to use the word secretary because scribe is a position or rank. I'm sorry, position or responsibility in a troop. Um, within scouting, so it can get confusing to use that term for the committee. Um, so a secretary for the committee that um, tracks, may track what's on the agenda, work with the cub master or scout master and the committee chair to make an agenda before the event, uh, your meetings, and then um, track the minutes of what happened and was discussed during the, and what especially, especially what decisions were made during a meeting. Um, and because in those meetings, sometimes decisions are made that some of the parents or some of the leaders may not dis may not all agree on. And so it's very important to be clear about how those decisions are made for full transparency. Minutes need to be public within the unit so that there are no secrets about what takes place in the meetings. Um, no, this person said that I heard so-and-so said this or so-and-so decided this for themselves. Because I've seen it happen. It's not pretty. If you keep good minutes and everyone has access to the minutes, there's none of that finger pointing. No sort of accusation can be made later if somebody disagrees with a decision that was made. Um, so those are really the three key roles. Committee cha chairperson, the treasurer, secretary. Within the committee, you're also going to have somebody designated in charge of recruiting efforts for your unit. Um, you know, as a quartermaster, in charge of the unit's equipment. To you know, keep an inventory of what's there, who's borrowed things, make sure that it's all got returned in good shape, and especially lets the unit know, uh, the rest of the leadership know if anything has been damaged and needs to be repaired or replaced. Um, because there's nothing like going on a packed family camping weekend and finding out that, say, two of your three stoves don't work because either some parts are missing or they needed maintenance and it didn't get maintained. Or say you're there with the stoves, but you have no fuel. You know, so you really need somebody in the unit to keep track of. Make sure you have the, all the material that goes with um, scouting out in the outdoors, especially. Um, yes, yeah, so those two key roles. Another is communications person. 
Um, who is going to maintain the PAX website? Who's going to, um, in that role, typically either they or the recruiting chair, will be in charge of keeping the information up to date for your unit on BeASCOUT.org. Um, some of you may have used BeASCOUT to find the units you're a part of now. Um, others of you may not know what it is because you came by word of mouth, but BeASCOUT.org is a website that you put in your zip code and select the button for what level of scouting you're looking for, whether it's pack, troop, crew, sea scouts, and explore post, what you're looking for, your location, it will tell you all the units in your area. And then when you click on those units, it gives you the name of the leader and their contact information. Well, guess what? If you've not updated in three years, and that was two Cubmasters ago, it doesn't really do that person that's trying to reach out to you any good. Because that Cubmaster, you know, depending on if that Cubmaster just rolled up to the, you know, crossed over to the troop with their kid, that's awesome. They're probably going to still pass that information to you. But if that Cubmaster has moved on to the other side of the country, and maybe things weren't great when they left, or maybe they're just super busy with their work, and they're like, well, I, you know, still get a hold of the pack somehow. You know, they may not pass you that information, so you really need to make sure that you keep that pin, they call it, that pin on the map, um, that information correct. So between your recruiting chair and your um, communication person, somebody needs to be in charge of keeping that up to date. So there's a lot of these things on the back end that take place that um, a lot of the parents, parent volunteers, other unit leaders might not realize until they take part in some of the committee meetings and hear some of these discussions. Um, a lot of PACs now also have Facebook pages or Facebook groups um, for sharing information. You know, that's also part of one of these roles, whether it's a communications person. In our case, it is. Um, I am, along with being the Goofy Den leader, I'm also our um, communications person. I maintain our website, our scout book calendar, and our Facebook page and group um, because when you're putting things up on a calendar, you want to make sure they all match. So I'm in charge of all the calendars. Um, so that if, whether somebody looks in the website, if some, we have people who prefer the scout book format, or some people who just want to see Facebook events. I put in all three formats. Take your pick. Love it, leave it. I don't care which one you want to use. I just want you to have the information. So um, but somebody has to keep that up to date. So those are all uh, roles within the PAC committee. I'm sure we'll stumble across a few more here. Um, I'm working without a script, as always. Um, so I'm, if I stumble across another one here, I'll name it in a few minutes. But, uh, but that's kind of the gist of it. You've got to have a committee of people that help do the admin piece of things that helps things flow well. Um, you may also have somebody who's in charge of camping events for the PAC. So... Um, in our pack, we kind of divvy it up by when we want to do when we have family campouts during the year. A different leader will take each campout event and coordinate it. You're getting the site, paying for the site, um, gathering the headcount, you know, RSVPs through. You know, I'll put it up on the calendar, but they they deal with how many people they've got going, who they've got going, and deal with all the food and that sort of thing. In some units, they just have one person who's the camping coordinator. That person coordinates all the sites all the events and that's their role in the committee and they do it for the whole year um, in our case we see that as a lot for one person to deal with during some parts of the year and then the parts of the year we're not doing camping the person wouldn't have anything to do and um, so we try to balance that workload out so um, 
you know, it's just, it, it, so that's kind of the, the committee role, um, of things. And then also as part of our committee meetings, we meet once a month. Um, we've been meeting virtually now for the last year, of course, or more, um, because of the pandemic, but we also have all of our leaders are invited as well as the parents. All of the parents are always invited. Uh, we made that very clear. In fact, I don't call it uh, in any of our communications a PAC committee meeting because that sounds like you just want the committee members. But really, we want anybody there who wants to be involved in the planning of what happens with our unit. So every parent has a vested interest in what happens with the unit that their children are in. So I call it, uh, we call it the PAC planning meeting. Um, PAC committee members are there. Pack leaders are there, Cubmaster, assistant Cubmasters, all of our DIN leaders are invited, um, assistant LIN leaders, and all of the pack parents and volunteers because we want everybody to be able to voice their input on how we do things, um, what types of activities we have, um, when we do things, how we do things. Um, we had some very extensive conversations last year around how we were going to open things back up to in-person meetings, when we were going to do it, how we were going to do it, um, how we were going to communicate that with families. You know, that was a very long, you know, that was a little bit of a longer planning meeting um, because it needed to be. Um, usually we aim to have them about an hour and a half. An hour is just usually not quite enough time to cover everything. So an hour and a half, uh, once a month on a Thursday night. Um we chose Thursday night just because that's what's worked well in our area. Um, our pack meets on Monday nights. So Thursday night's not in conflict with any of our unit activities. Um, it's not in conflict with, you know, a lot of churches around here have activities on Wednesday night. So toward the end of the week, things are usually slower for folks, so Thursday night it is. Um, but during that meeting, you know, we talk about what we've got coming up first, you know, soonest. Um, we talk about any... You know, we usually kind of start around, you know, what have we been doing recently? What have we spent in regards to those events to, you know, keep everybody kind of aware of where we are on our budget. And then we move on to our events for the next 30 days uh, and everything we have coming up. Um, we may discuss our pack meeting theme there, our activities that we have. You know, we'll talk about any campouts, any weekend events, hike club, STEM club, um, just, you know, all the different things we have coming up, and then we'll move on from there. And That's really a great form and format for um, everyone to kind of have input, share any concerns that have come up or questions that have come up from parents. Um, we've had parents with questions, that, you know, in regards to hike club. Uh, right now we're doing a virtual hike club, so you have to hike separately as a family, but we learned one of our things in our planning meeting is discussing when are we going to return to group hikes for the hike club. Um, Pre-pandemic, we met once a month on a Saturday morning, and each month was a different hike in the area, um, whether that was a park in town uh, early in the scouting year, and it was a usually shorter hike. By the end of the year, we were working up to somewhere between five to eight mile hikes uh, for the folks who are regulars at it and came every month. You know, they were working up longer hikes, bigger adventures. We might go to where they were, you know, families were meeting 20 or 30 minutes away at a park. We've got a lot of state parks in our area with some wonderful trails. Um, and so, you know, as the year went on, we started exploring longer trails a little bit further from home. Um, 
And then in the fall, we reset again and start with shorter trails closer to home for members who are new to the unit and want to try it out. Because um, you don't want somebody to show up and the first thing you do is try to go for an eight mile hike. Um, you know, that's not gonna fly for a lot of families of cubs. Um, you know, the, the kids aren't up to it. The parents probably aren't used to that. And it's just not gonna be a great experience. And they're probably gonna be turned off by it. Um, so that's something that we try to take into consideration when planning the hike club. So it builds up gradually throughout the year to longer and more difficult trails. Um, you know, STEM club, we, they meet once a month before the, one of the den meetings uh, for an hour. We have a great STEM coordinator. Um, he's another um, den leader for another grade level. And um, he really loves STEM. His kids love STEM. And so that's what got him involved with it. He said, well, how do I bring in this STEM awards? They said, well, we need somebody to head it up. He said, well, I guess that's going to be me. And he took it up and he's been working with it. But what he brings to the planning meeting, he says, okay, this is what I plan to cover this month in STEM because he wants to make sure that he's always working with and not against or, you know, across grains with other DIN leaders who may be covering similar topics in a couple more scientifically focused um, adventures we have, especially electives that we have in the Cub Scout program. If they're going to be covering similar topics, we try to put it in the, you know, so that they work together in the same month. Um, so say if, you know, if it's October and he's going to cover this science topic A, that that was not the, the DIN leader's plans to do in November, because then you got scouts who are going to be hearing the same material a second time and might be a little more bored by it and I'm not as excited. So instead, we try to synchronize that so that STEM club and anyone who's working on a similar topic in a, as a DIN can work on it at the same time um, to try to keep things fresh and moving and flowing for the scouts. Um, but we bring things like that, and then after we've kind of covered the next month and a half, two months, we'll move into our long-term planning, and we'll talk about what we've got coming up over the next six months that we know about. Um, council events, district events, um, things that are going on at camp, out at camp, like our camp offers twice a year Cub Scouts Day of open shooting sports. So for the scouts who want to go work on their um, shooting sports awards, they can sign up to go for a half a day on a Saturday, do archery. Well, depending on the level of scouts, either just slingshots or they work up to slingshots and archery and BBs eventually. Um, you know, the scouts who want to do that and didn't get a chance to do that by going to one of the council or district events um, like a cubbery or a campery or just want to go get more practice with it, really like shooting sports, then they can sign up for those events, but they only can if they and their specifically with cubs, their parents know about it. So we want to make I want to make sure that we've got all those things on the calendar um, that we're advertising those as a pack, so that people know what they can sign up for and when they have to do it by. Um, so that's kind of the planning we do. Um, of course, any discussion of planning and budget. One thing I haven't mentioned: um, popcorn kernel. Um, yes, we love our puns. So the popcorn kernel is K-E-R-N-E-L. Um, the kernel uh, is your coordinator for popcorn fundraising. If your unit does sells popcorn, which is a BSA's like big fundraiser for the year. Um, popcorn kernel has a role in the committee that's especially busy in the summer and fall in the build up to popcorn selling season. 
and running through the fundraising season, which for us runs um, September through October uh, for about six weeks that our council runs it in total. And so that's a, a key part of your planning process and your budget talks is how much does your unit spend each year? What do you charge in unit dues above, you know, above and beyond what you have to charge for national council? Um, how do you do your fundraising? Is it just popcorn? Do you do other fundraisers as well? Um, so the colonel really is involved in helping you say, hey, this is what we've sold in the past. This is how many scouts we've got this year, whether it's the same as the past or more than the past or less than. You know, it really makes a difference because, you know, if you have X number of scouts, they're only going to sell, be able to sell a certain amount of popcorn per scout on average um, unless you just really go big. Um, with, you know, we had, we've had some super sellers in the past that just, they wanted to sell popcorn and be the biggest seller. And so they did. Um, but a lot of folks are only going to sell X number of dollars popcorn on average. Your, your popcorn kernel kind of can look at the past and know that. And so your, your membership influence is what you're going to be able to raise. Um, also your economy, you know, we're coming out of the pandemic. We know our popcorn sales are going to be different than they were two years ago. Um, when the economy was in a better spot so pre-pandemic and people were not afraid of when you came door to door to come sell popcorn if you did you went the door to door route so um just uh, you know a lot of different things that can get get discussed in a committee meeting and um, one of the biggest things that can get overlooked or overshadowed in trying to run the we'll call it the day-to-day -day events of a pack you're trying to plan for the den meetings pack meeting for the month the events you have coming up one thing that is super vital to a unit smoothly transitioning year to year um, into the new scout year is discussing leadership succession you know um, you may have someone who come into the role of Cubmaster, who says, hey, I'm, I'm becoming Cubmaster. I'm going to take this job for two years. And when my kid crosses over to the troop, I'm going to go with them. And somebody else is going to need to take up Cubmaster. Well, the time to start having that conversation about who the next Cubmaster is and how you're going to handle that transition is not the week before crossover. You know, it's really, you know, you've got to you generally you know People can give you an idea of, hey, I'll take Cubmaster for a year since nobody else has, you know, has stepped up. I'll do it, but then I'd really like to step back to being a den leader. Or, hey, I'll take it for two years till my kid crosses over. You know, that's a conversation that needs to be had when someone steps up as Cubmaster, and it needs to be made very clear to everyone what the plan is, um, what their goal is on how long they want to be Cubmaster. So that as the unit leaders. And as a unit committee, um, you know, the committee members who handle the, you know, more the admin side of things, um, that you can all work together to say, okay, so we have this date. This means we need to figure out who is going to step up as the next Cubmaster. Um, the year before they're going to become Cubmaster, if they're not already, you know, they should probably become, you know, be marked as this, an, a, one of the assistant Cubmasters. I always encourage there to be multiple assistant Cubmasters in the unit to help divide responsibilities. Um, but you need to know kind of who your, your next in line is for Cubmaster. 
need they need to start taking a little more responsibility for unit level activities um, so they can learn that role well um, and get a little more face time in front of the whole unit instead of just their den um, which if you're dividing up responsibility for various events they probably already are um, but it's good for them to be in that role all the parents to see them um, and get to know them before they are the cub master and also so they can get their training done you know there's certain training that's required of a cub master um, so that they understand how to you know lead a, a full unit um, and you know those are the kind of things you need to work through and also you know when do you sign over the bank accounts you know there's a uh, being a nonprofit, you know, it depends on what state you're in and what your charter organization agrees to, but there's certain rules about the bank accounts and who has access, when they have access. Um, you know, I know some charter organizations that the day of crossover say, hey, the Cub Master needs to go ahead and hand over their, you know, basically their air quote keys to the bank account. They need to be cut out of the bank account because they no longer belong to the unit um, if it's one that's leaving at crossover. Um, there's others that say, hey, you know, Cubmaster needs to stay till the end of the school year. Finish the scout year out. I know there's going to be some overlap with your kid going being in the troop for a couple months, but we don't want to transition the middle school year. You need to stay through the end of it. You know, so, that, like I said, a bigger conversation, but something that everybody needs to know and understand. So everybody knows who to go to with the questions they have that go to the Cubmaster or questions that they may have about the future after that cub master is going to be gone, that they need to go ahead and be asking the next in line. So I'm going to take a step back here. I know I've dumped a lot out. Uh, one of my fellow leaders calls it verbal vomit. Just lets too much out at once. Um, just generally was trying to give an idea of all the different kinds of things that could come up in a committee meeting, depending on what's going on with your unit, uh, what time of year it is, what kind of planning you're doing. Um, a special planning meeting that every committee should have, well, every pack or unit should have once a year is an annual planning meeting. Expect that one to go a little bit longer. Um, some units will set it up so it's like a Sunday afternoon or Saturday afternoon. Everybody can go do it at, say, a shelter at a park so the kids can play at the playground because you know it's going to be a little bit longer. Um, you know, where you can see the playground, let them play, and um, just set up for a while and say, okay. Here are the events we know we do on an annual basis. Here are the events we know that our district and our council does on an annual basis. This is where they generally follow the calendar. Bring any dates you have. Um, bring in, especially if you have multiple school districts in your area, um, bring in all the school schedules. Say, hey, we know that all the schools start this week and this week and this week. Those weeks... We probably don't want to do anything on Sunday afternoon before that. So Monday's a big day for them if they start back. You know, most school, a lot of schools start back around here start back on Monday. We want to make sure we don't have any pack activities Sunday, because those kids, you know, those families are going to have things going on. Kids need we need to make sure that those kids have the opportunity to be rested and going to the first day of school, because um, that's some. Because otherwise, if you do plan activities, their parents may just decide to skip them to try to give their kids the best and kind of start back to school that they can. Um, so you're just setting yourself up for failure if you set those events up the day before school starts. Um, also, say your unit plans, you know, my, our pre-pandemic, ours planned a spring trip. Um, we usually coordinated it with one of the um, long weekends given to us by school holidays. Um, so we need to know the school calendar. 
So we take a three-day trip somewhere in the state and do some museums, some historic sites, depending on the theme of that trip and what part of the state we go to um, that year. You know, that's something you have to have the school calendars in front of you to be able to you know put on put on a calendar. Say, you know, we don't we might not even know what the trip theme is going to be yet, but we know it's on this weekend in April. You go ahead and put it on the calendar. Nothing else gets put that weekend for the unit. Um, you know, you go ahead and box it out. Say spring trip. And then you may, you know, usually we'll go ahead and have somebody take the spring trip as a spring trip coordinator and say, hey, I'm going to come back next month with three theme ideas, you know, three ideas. And then once, you know, bring it back to planning meeting, let the, all the members, you know, committee, the leaders and the parents who are all involved with the meeting say, hey, go pursue two of those flesh them out a little more with some ideas about what we would actually be doing in the you know in more detail what would you have put in there and then bring it back to us in a month or two and you know that way you can get go ahead and start planning nine or ten months out for spring trip um, one thing that makes it complicated in our area is we have traditional school schedule schools we have year-round schools that start, depending on which track the kids are on, start at four different times or three different times. Um, and we also have students that are, uh, we have scouts. We're very, our town's right up against the county line. Um, so we actually have school students in two different uh, county school districts. So one county runs spring break the week before Easter one the other county runs spring break the week after Easter. So we already know for DIN and PAC events, the week before and after Easter, you're both going to have a lower head count for events because, you know, families do trips or staycations and things on those weeks. And they're probably, that you know, some of those folks are not going to show up at Scouts that week that they're on spring break. So since we have two of them, two weeks of spring break, basically, that we deal with. That's something we always put on the calendar. We know it's coming. We know to plan around it. But that's a good thing to know because we may have um, either people who are new to the area or have only had to deal with the schedule from one county, the county that their kids go to school in, and don't realize that the other county's off of their schedule, you know, uh, you know, on a different week for spring break. So things like that that, as a group, we want to bring together when we're making that plan for the year of here's things that we've identified to look out for. We want to go ahead and put them on the calendar and be aware of them. And, um, you know, and when you're making that plan in the summertime, you're making that plan all the way through the next summer. So if your council is one that has already announced um, a year in advance, their summer camp dates, you go ahead and put, here's where Cub Residence Camp is. Here's where... Um, if your camp does uh, family adventure camp, here's where family adventure camp is. Any day camps, twilight camps, if you know that your district or council runs those on an annual basis, if they have a particular week they run them, say like the third week in June, you go ahead and put it on there as tentative. But that way you've got it on the calendar so everyone's aware. You know, when you distribute this calendar after the meeting, you say, hey, parents, We've got this event, we've got these things coming up. We know some people plan things for the summer a year out for vacation, whether it's renting a place or taking off work. Um, you know, depending on where you work, vacation, you may have to put in months in advance. 
Um, so we go ahead and say, here are the things we know we have. That's the other reason we go ahead and book the spring trip out. We box a weekend off so that people know, hey, I'm going to need to take that Friday off if my family's going to go on that trip. So that they can have that time to work that out um, with their coworkers or with their management. If they're able to, if not, that we can make alternate plans. Not every scout has to have a parent on the trip, depending on what rank they are. Obviously, lions and tigers, kindergartners and first graders, they have to have a one-to-one -one parent or guardian with them for the trip. But some of the older scouts could travel with it's someone designated as the adult, you know, their kind of guardian for the weekend, um, another parent in the den per se, or another family they know in the pack, you know, as long as it obeys the youth protection rules, you know, when it comes to housing and things like that. Um, but once again, another reason to know about things in advance, so you can work those things out, um, to make sure that everyone that wants to go can go, to make sure that, um, you know, we go ahead and make it as easy as possible for families to be able to participate in our program. Um, so that's the annual planning meeting and that's, you know, usually, like I said, the biggest meeting of the year for the committee, gen, you know, or for the, the unit planning meetings typically. Um, and I will say, I know sometimes parents are reluctant to come to the meeting when they first learn about it because they think it's going to be a place, Hey, I don't, I don't do, I don't have a role for the unit yet. They're going to try to give me something to do. Or, I don't know anybody, I'm not going to know all the people there, so I'm not going to get them out. Encourage them to come to the meeting. I always tell them, we're not going to try to give you a role. If you want a role, it's the perfect place to, to speak up to that. If you don't want a role, just be there to provide input. Or just to listen. If you just want to learn more of how things happen, how things are come about for the unit, go and observe a meeting. You don't have to say anything besides introduce yourself. And if you're not comfortable with that, because I have a parent in my den that's chronically shy, I said, I will introduce you to everybody. And you just have to smile and wave. That's fine with me. Um, but if you want to know how it all comes together, that's the way to do so. And so she came to the meeting and got introduced around and um, got to better understand how things are planned for our pack and has, um, she is not, has not stepped into a designated role, but she's kind of one thing that her, her talent is photography. Um, at one time, um, before her kid came along, kids came along, she, and her job, uh, and she changed a uh, career path. She had a, a small photography business on the side. She's kind of our unofficial pack photographer. Um, as a communications person with the pack, I need pictures to be able to show our activities, show what we're doing. It helps to um, it helps to get people involved for the events. If they see what you're doing, it helps people get involved with your unit if they see you're active. Um, our unit has been blessed with, even though we're coming out of a pandemic, that we had 20 scouts back in March. Um, we now have 27. We've had seven new people join. None of them were invited by members of our pack. None of them were friends of our pack members. 
Um, they are all folks who have either moved into the community or in the community already. And through the pandemic said, we want our families to be more active. We want them to be more active in the community. We want them to be in the outdoors. Um, we need to get out of the house. We've all, you know, we need to go do things. And they wanted to do that through scouting. They reached out to us through beascout.org or through the PAC, found the PAC website. And one thing that several of them have said is, we, you know, we're, there's more than one PAC in our town. And they said, but when we looked around at websites and on Facebook, yours was the only one that we could automatically look at and say, they're still active. They're still doing things. Because this parent is my, you know, our unofficial photographer. She sends me pictures after every event, like clockwork. Sometimes before the, I get home from the event, I already have events, pictures waiting for me that I can put up. And I've started doing, um, you know, a week or two after an event, I do a throwback Thursday and put up pictures to the pack Facebook page with a short summary, just a few sentences usually, of what we did. And so people that are out in the community say, hey, what's the pack doing? You know, is this pack active? What kind of things will my kid be involved with? And, you know, what kind of activities? If we join the pack, they can just look on the pack website or on the pack Facebook page, both places I update with photos throughout the year as we do activities, and they can see that. That's an unofficial role. That's her niche. That's what she's comfortable with, and that's what she's great at. And so that's kind of what she decides she wanted to do. She didn't have to do that. That's what that's what she wanted to do. And so she stepped into that role, and I love her for it because that has been so helpful to me. Because as the gas den leader, and you know my my first and main hat. Well, first let me step back. And say my first and main hat at all times is parent. You know I have Liam, and his sister, my air quote assistant den leader, is who's all you know you typically with us at events. Um, you know, first and foremost, I'm a parent. Second, I'm a goofy den leader. I'm usually going to be in front of the scouts doing something, whether it's leading an activity, doing something silly or ridiculous in a skit or song, um, during like a pack campfire or a pack meeting, um, to entertain the, the scouts while, you know, some of the other leaders are changing activities, um, while we, you know, try to help you know distract or segue things you know i'm not in a position to take pictures but she does that for us and so she you know that doesn't tie up one of our leaders in trying to take photos in the moment and trying to remember that because otherwise after every meeting we go you get a picture no did you no oh man we didn't get any pictures tonight but instead she does that for us that's one thing we don't have to worry about we've got another parent who's you know while she's the pack treasurer, she also really enjoys providing refreshments. So she goes, and for a lot of our pack activities, if they're, you know, um, unless it's one of the campouts and the camping coordinator handles food for that, but a lot of the other pack activities, like the Cubs on Wheels bike rodeo, or the bridging event, or the field day, um, she went out, she goes out and gets based on the head count we have, um, I'm you know, always adding for a few extra people to show up, friends and family or those who didn't RSVP, she goes out and gets snacks and drinks um, for the events. That is something she finds joy in. And so she said, hey, I'll do that for y'all. And I'm like, 
you know, that takes a load off of me with the Cubs on Wheels Rodeo that we're going to have, um, that I'm coordinating. She's, that's one thing that I know. All I have to do is give her, I told her at the last planning meeting, um, in July, what I wanted to, that to be, you know, what, what kind of the level of the event was time of day. And so she's said, all right, I'll take care of the, the food and drinks. Just give me a head count. So I took RSVPs on Thursday before the event and said, okay, here's how many adults, here's how many youth. And, um, she just ran with it. You know, she's getting the food and drink and she's going to bring them and set them up on, you know, set up a couple tables and we'll have a snack and hydration station in a cool space. Um, since it's a late afternoon event, going to be hot here in North Carolina, um, in August. And so she, you know, that's something she takes joy in by all means, find what gives you joy in your unit, whether it's, you know, if you want to just wear the parent hat, that's the most important role anybody can have in the pack is to be an active parent with their kids. Um, first and foremost role of anybody. If that's what you want to do, by all means, be there with your kid for everything. That's awesome. If you want to, since if you, since you're going to be there, you want to also take a role as just a volunteer for an event once or twice a year. Say, hey, I'll take a this part of an event, like field day. We had some parents who said, hey, I really enjoy field day. We're going to take this off the plate of the committee chair, who's got a lot of other things going on, and we're going to go plan it. And they had a couple of planning meetings that they met with the committee chair and a couple of the leaders and said, hey, here's what we have. Does this sound good? A couple of tweaks to it. They ran with it. Two parents took off with it um, and planned everything. The committee chair said, you know, honestly, I had a list of things I was going to, questions I was going to ask before they finished their presentation of, you know, what they had planned. They'd answer all the questions. I just ticked them off as I went and said, all right. And they said, you got any questions? I said, honestly, no. Y'all covered it all. Awesome. Tell us what you need. And they told us to show up with snacks and what, what space they needed. And we made sure that we had that space available to them on that Saturday. And we showed up to help set it up. That was something they felt very passionately about. By all means, let them run with it. You know, if, you, if you're someone who wants to step into the role of an assistant den leader and assist with your scout's den, but maybe not be the one in charge of it, by all means, we need assistance. That's usually one of the harder roles to fill because... A lot of parents say, well, you have a den leader. What, you know, who else do you need? Well, we need that assistant help. You know, unless you've got like two scouts in the room, which it's not as much fun. You can still do, but it's not nearly as fun as if you've got six or eight or ten scouts. Anything over in ten, you need to split dens, but that's another discussion. Um, but we need assistance because there's going to be a minute that somebody's teaching and somebody else needs to help um, a scout who's having difficulty with something. And... You can trade off as you need to, especially if that scout that's having difficulties want to use a kid. You can kind of slide off and let the other one take over for a few minutes. That's a great thing. Or or if you want to have, take a role on the committee, because it meets once a month and you can kind of do your role some other time during the month when you have free time, or the ability to do it, you know, that's awesome. We had in a unit um, nearby to where I live, I had a co-worker who was on their troop committee for their son's troop. 
and their role was the camping director or camping coordinator for the unit. The in the at the troop level, the scouts, you know, do most of the annual planning and tell you know lay out here's what we want to do, and the leaders help them know what's safe and reasonable. And if what they come up with is safe and reasonable, they help them go with it. And so the camping coordinator, all you know, his role was to book the campsites for the dates that the you know figure out what dates worked based on what the the scouts gave them, and got them the sites they needed. Well, he worked a, a rotating shift schedule job, so he was off during the day, two days a week. That was when he could do it, or he could write an email when he was at work at four in the morning, and nothing was happening. Um, he was in a dispatch type role, and when he had a free moment at 4 a.m., he could email a camp office and say, hey, we had a question about this, about your facilities. And then you know, or camp ranger or somebody in the front office would email him back, well, probably, usually while he was sleeping during the day because he'd been on nights, and he could get, still get back, and do, that was something he could do for the unit since he wasn't always able to make it to the unit meetings because of his schedule. Um but that was a way that he could be active in helping his scouts unit. So whatever works for you, whatever role you want to have, have that role. Don't let yourself be pressured into something you're not comfortable with. But also know that testing, you know, telling yourself, hey, I want to try something. We're more than happy to have somebody come forward and say, hey, I'd like to try doing this role. And they can either be an assistant to somebody who's already doing that role, or there's a lot of roles at the committee level that can be taken on on a temporary basis. You can take it and say, hey, I'm going to try the, being the recruitment coordinator for six months. That takes it out of the hands of somebody else who may have other things that they want to try to do. Um, and so that's something that you can step up and do and try. Uh, we especially need extra hands for recruiting around in the fall with the recru recruitment push during back to school times. So even if you just want to step up and say, hey, I want to help for the next two months while things are busy with recruitment, how can I help? That's perfect. That's awesome. So, you know, whatever it is that you want to do to, um, whatever role you want to have in the unit, um, whatever personality you have, whatever your um, time available is, there's a way out there that, um, you can help your kids unit and even if it's just being there for your kid because that is the most important thing be there for your scout and support them and if you want to go you know do something in addition to that we'd love to have you but the PAC committee um, the PAC leadership the PAC parents and volunteers we all have a say in how things are run, how things happen. Um, some PACs don't let the leaders vote on committee decisions. Ours says if you're there at the meeting, you get a vote. Because it's about all of our kids and all of our community. Um, so I guess that's a good note to end it on. It's about all of us. And most importantly... We do our best, just like we tell the scouts. There's going to be days you're having a great day and everything goes as planned. There's going to be bad days when things don't go as planned and it's frustrating or it doesn't turn out the way you'd like. But the important thing is we do our best, 
for ourselves, for our families, for our unit. And as my old scoutmaster used to say, learning is taking place. Every time we hit a bump in the road, uh, every time we things go well, we're learning something in those moments as individuals, as families, and as a unit. Learning has taken place, and where we go with it from there is up to us. So, that's a long-winded episode about PAC Committee, the things it is, the things it can be, the topics that can come up in it, and um, you know, how to choose your role in the unit. And that's something that can change over time. You, know, you commit to something for a year or for six months. That's all you have to commit to. Every year, my parents and my den look at me funny when I say, all right, end of the year. You can come to me individually if you like later to talk about it. But I want you to tell me, do you want me to be den leader again? They usually look at me and say, you've been den leader for three years. Why would we want it to be somebody else? I say, because I've been den leader for three years. If you want to try it, or if there's something I'm not doing well, I can work on trying to change it, or you know, we can work on somebody else being the den leader, and I'm okay with that. So, we're all learning, we're all trying to improve together, and yeah, that's our goal, is to all improve in some way, or at least just to, if we can't improve something, if we've topped it out, there are certain skills, it's, you just try to maintain and do your best. So, hope you have a great day wherever you are, whatever you're doing. And I uh, hope to hear from you soon. Uh, questions, concerns, comments, ideas for the show, ideas in relation to a PAC committee. Um, you can reach out to me at thegoofydenleader at gmail.com or anchor.fm slash thegoofydenleader. And uh, this is Jeremy, signing off.